in my attempt to help you, yes, you, become better, I want to share with you three tips for being more charismatic. Three tips that I absolutely love, adore, and try to implement as many times as possible, to be fair. Sometimes I forget, because maybe some of them do not come naturally to me. But this is why we need tips and we need to learn this kind of stuff. And this is why actually self-help books are kind of useful, especially for guys. Because we guys tend not to be very sociable. And when I say that, I mean we don't tend to read social clues very well. And uh, yeah, this is just because of how we're wired. But let's go straight into the tips and we're gonna talk a bit more afterwards. The first tip is that, and I know you've heard this over and over again, the person's name is the most important thing that you can remember about her or him. And also try to link the name to some sort of views, maybe they're religious views, political views, maybe it's things about the family, because next time when you meet John, well, you're gonna know that John is a liberal and he has a beautiful wife and two wonderful kids, and you're gonna inquire about his kids and how they going with their soccer practice and about his wife's business, and John is gonna be like, wow, you remember all that stuff. Um, this is actually one of the main advice from the, I would say, more ancient self-help books, but I believe it's really, really useful. Uh, it's actually, it's very interesting to see how the counter-argument works. Have you ever done this? And I know it's terrible, but have you ever just called a person a different name? That's the biggest mistake that you can do. If, for example, if you're on a date and you call your date Samantha instead of Jane, I don't know. But if you call her a different name, she's probably gonna storm off and eventually slap you on her way out. And this is only half an exaggeration. I know, and honestly, when I was job hunting, I'm gonna tell you this anecdote. I received a job offer from a company. And it was a pretty good offer, <laughs> but they misspelled my name. And they kept having some small spelling mistakes in their basically proposition as I thought instantly, this is a company that I don't want to work with. Why? Because the person that's negotiating the contracts with your employees doesn't know how to spell. She can't even remember the name. And I remember I was furious because I went through interviews and here it is this lady who <laughs> can't even spell my name right. And of course this is an egocentric view of the world, like everybody should remember my name. But that's how people think. We all love to be called on our names. I don't want to be called Victor with a K <laughs> when somebody writes an email. That's my pet peeve. Everybody writes my name in emails with a K. No, it's with a C. So, see, those are small things and there are a lot of names like that. A lot of tiny details. So, obviously, you're gonna help the person, but you're gonna feel some tiny amount of resentment if he or she misspells your name. So, <laughs> yes, just keep it in mind. Remember the time when somebody... Uh, oh, oh, at Starbucks. I believe people at Starbucks are actually paid to misspell your name. I'm not joking. I think... It's a strategy because if they misspell your name, you're gonna post your cup on your Facebook and you're gonna be like, haha, look at those 
people at Starbucks, they never can get my name right. Or they don't care about the customers, but you know, Starbucks actually for some time closed their businesses in Seattle in order to improve their customer service. So I think there is somebody who tells them, hey, remember the name, remember the name. But yeah, maybe not everybody is so engaged in, uh, in this practice. So let's go to number two because I spent so much time on this, but it was so important. Number two, and this is for the guys mainly, because we're the ones with frowns on our face. And this one has been told to me by a person that I appreciate a lot. And I was working with in 2017, and she told me that, hey, I should smile way more. And I'm still not doing it, because it's not natural to me, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to improve on this. And for a lot of guys, for especially the guys who are very focused on, you know, business, money, uh, success, like we don't tend to smile, everything is serious for us. And um, that's an issue, because there is this Chinese old saying that says, a man who cannot wear a smile on his face should not open a shop. It's such a beautiful saying, because it's so true. If you're not smiling, people are gonna perceive you as closed off, or even, I mean, they're gonna perceive you either as neutral or as threatening. But if you smile, <laughs> you're gonna be perceived as either friendly or neutral, right? So <laughs> at least it's one step above that. And the third thing that probably kills your charisma is the fact that you're using the word but. When somebody tells you, I like you, but, we're gonna go there, but, <laughs> we're gonna increase your salary, but, you're not even listening to the first part of the sentence. You already forget it by the time they end it. You're only listening to what they say after they spoke the word but. Because, see, you're basically telling them two kind of stories. And one of them is really positive and the other is negative. And the problem with that is it's not like they cancel each other. That's what we as humans try to do. We try to... Um, ship both bad and good news at the same time so it won't make a negative impact but when we do that actually the negative news gets highlighted it's even worse it's actually worse than saying the bad news on its own like you'd have to work more hours sounds way better than we're gonna increase your salary but now you have to work more hours because it feels like you're constrained because now receiving more money means that you have gonna have to work more and there is some additional pressure but if you you're just being told that hey you're gonna have to work a bit more in the future you're not gonna be entirely happy about that right but at least you know that it's not as a consequence of you being paid more and because if it would be a consequence of you being paid more, then you would feel like shit for being paid more. And you don't want to feel like shit for things that bring you pleasure. That's one of the things that people don't understand usually, right? If there's something that brings us pleasure and somebody tries to bring us down, we're gonna resent that person. Because fuck you telling me what I should enjoy or not. And this is how we think. This is not some politically correct social media bullshit that's the truth 
and I'm hoping that with these three small tips I know there are so many more another great one would be to understand cold reading and to see if a person is interested in you and you can do that with, this is gonna be the extra tip okay so you can do this by the way that their uh, their torso is pointing at and their feet look at the torso and the feet if the torso is pointing at you the person is engaged if they're trying to let's say put some distance between you and them or uh, turn themselves on a the side then they're trying to leave the conversation and it's the same as with the feet if you're in a small social circle and for example if you're a one-on-one or two-on-one speaking with somebody then you can look at the feet of the person and if the feet they point in another direction then the other person is kind of bored they're not engaged they want to leave but if they're pointed at you it means that they're actually listening they're actually willing to continue the conversation and obviously those are just some clues there are a lot of clues in the cold reading community i would recommend the book oh i forgot the name yeah i'll come with the recommendation some other time but basically it's a book written by an fbi agent uh i think it's called how to cold read anybody uh, how to read oh that's the name how to read everybody we and everybody is a wordplay you know <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna explain the the pun too much but see i think it's a very useful book to understand a few aspects i remember when i was with this amazing person who was a shaman and he was basically teaching me the ways of soul bonding through a ritual and he told me what was my uh, the eye of my soul but then he also showed me the trick how to find out so he told me that in order for him to be able to guess this he would have to ask me some certain questions and see where I would look when I would be thinking of something if I would look on the left side it means that the left side of my brain was the one more creative the one that he needed to make the connection with and the same goes with the right side so this is just another anecdote to to help you gasp the whole uh, value of basically knowing how to co-read a person because what he was doing was co-reading okay and then of course implementing with some spirituality on top of that to offer you some amazing experiences but at the core it was cold reading so with this in mind thank you so much for listening to me it's been a massive pleasure as always and uh, yeah we'll talk again soon <laughs>